The Pure Jamie Milne Podcast. Where we have a dream to create a community full of happy, healthy, and knowledgeable people who create global positive change through sharing their journey. Tune in, saddle up, and listen in. Be inspired. Hello. Hi. Hey, Sean. How are you? Good. Oh, look at that beard. That is a beast. Looks I like know. himself. <laughs> it's so, in a little tub of paint or like a ran through we're a, old, a cobweb. Jackie, we're getting old. I know. How the fuck did that happen? Still I still feel young. <laughs> What's that? I still feel young, but then I look at myself in the mirror and be like, oh, look at old photos. And you're like, oh. whoa. You guys look amazing. I don't know. I don't know what type of green smoothie you two have been fucking drinking over there in the mornings. But I want, I want some of it. Wait. <laughs> 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 <Mate, laughs> oh, thank you so much for for catching up. Like I just, I feel so. I I'm so happy. I know you guys are super busy, and I don't know how you do it. To be honest, you guys are just. Amazing, absolutely amazing. You really Very, are. Always a privilege just to talk to you to get some of your free time. Yes. You're one of our favorite people. And every time we talk to anyone who's thinking about getting into fitness, we say that the benchmark for personal trainers, the is absolute you. benchmark is you. There's no one has ever oh. come to <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, am I recording this? This is the best. Oh, thank you. Mate, that's the best. You guys have come out with the big guns. I got fuck all to go with that. <laughs> Other than I love you guys and you're amazing. That is the best. Oh, you, you, you guys look incredible as well. Like, I see the photos. I see what you guys are doing. I'm just like, talk about benchmarks. Like, that is honestly how you do it. That, and that, I know want to ask a bit more about that i want to get the inside secrets about how you do it um but it's just so good to see us it really is you too how many surfboards does a man need can we max this screen out so we can see jamie oh, into full screen yeah oh, 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 oh there we go oh <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if a man can ever have enough surfboards. I'm not no. sure. It's it's compensating for something. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> Just a handful of surfboards. <laughs> Fuck all else. Well, <laughs> this is this is life for a little brown oh. man living on the Sunshine Coast. That's it. Caramel koala. <laughs> guess who? Guess who uh, arrived to us this morning? My oh, uncle wait. Mark. Did he? Uh, he said he runs into you. Yeah, like I, yeah, randomly. Yeah, I bumped into last time I bumped into him was at Alex. Um, he was looking great too. He's on that same green smoothie that you two have been on. He, he just looked, yeah, he looks incredible. He doesn't look any different from when I first met him, like over a decade ago. Just the same. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. age. <laughs> yeah, fuck, reverse in middle age, that fella. So he's in Dubai now, is he? It arrived early this days, morning, yeah. Yeah, right. Much of a, yeah, yeah. It seems like everything's starting to open up again. Um, I know we've you know, seen that over the last few months. It's kind of like a staggered start. But, you know, I, I know quite a few people that are travelling now and 
Um, no, no, no. Looks like it might be. You guys would probably have a much better idea about how this whole thing works um, with your adventures and stuff. Have you noticed that this end of the world is about two years or a year ahead of down your end of the world? Yeah. Right now, honestly, no one cares about COVID anymore. There's a war, so ah, there's a disease. Fuck it off. Virus. We don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah. We we are very much in slow motion. Like it's like a real go slow. Nothing seems that we go a step forward. It's a few steps back. New Zealand's probably the absolute worst. I mean, I don't know a lot about it, but Arnie Jacinda, she's a savage. She's just like, you guys can all stay here. Don't go anywhere. It's like, yeah, we have a Yes. So, oh, right. Um, I've got a Jim going. Good. He's quit. Yeah. He's retired. He's retired. Oh, as soon as I, yeah, as soon as I've seen yeah. these greys coming out, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. Too old, too beaten up. Now, nah, I the industry has lost the legend. Hey? I said the industry oh. has lost the legend. Oh, jeez. Fucking hell. I don't know. <laughs> and they probably all took a big fucking sigh of relief, like, thank fuck he's left the building. <laughs> so, and now you look like a mix between Uncle Bully and, and Gandalf. Are you going to get into some mindset stuff? <laughs> That's a, how the fuck could you mix? Only Julius could mix Uncle Bully and Gandalf. Like, no one else could 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 arrive at that destination but Julius. How do you get good? No, actually, don't answer that, bro. How do you got to that? <laughs> I um, yeah, I don't, I can't answer that. I don't know. Um, I am I am definitely getting into uh, the mental side of things, the mental performance side of things. I found that uh, that's. I've become very enthusiastic about it. It's just, I think it's just getting used to it, to be honest. Just the transition. I mean, you guys would have remembered transitioning from, um, you know, what you guys are doing in your facilities, you know, the bricks and mortar gym and the clients and what that looks like to, you know, nomadic lifestyle online. Like I remember when you guys first started the online stuff, when it was very quiet and you guys were kind of like pioneering and surging your way through and there would have been i mean i imagine that period of transition where you're like is this for me am i doing the right thing i don't know i'm sort of in that transition there's never there was never any fear Mm. because um i guess in our story a lot of the things we we've just been forced to do because remember our gym got shut down so then we were forced to move into that place and then when that got shut down we were forced to go online so Mm. it was so it's like we're being pushed like if, in a direction. Yeah, and if we don't make it, then we're completely fucked. So we we just had to. <laughs> There's no yeah. other option. Yeah. No. Like, I'm a big believer in when you're kind of getting pushed in a certain direction, things happen, and at the time, it might feel like, oh, my God, this is horrible, but it's not. Like, mm. looking back now, like, you can, can never can connect the dots moving forward, but you can connect the dots looking backwards. So now all yeah. of those things that happened to us, when they were changing all the zones on the Sunshine Coast for gyms and we were the I one of the ones that were like, nope, you're not zoned right anymore, you need to move your gym. At the time that mm. was, I mean, I was pregnant and breastfeeding and all that going on. That seemed like the worst thing ever, but it got us mm. to here, which 
best thing ever. So I think yeah. when you're going in the direction you're supposed to, life kind of throws you in that direction but on mm. the path you go. That, yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember when all that was happening. And it, it's funny, hey, when you're in the thick of it like that, you you kind of feel like it's the beginning of the fucking end. It's like, here we go. Yeah. Because you yeah. don't have the luxury of hindsight. We can't rub across the wall. We can't tell futures. And we don't know what's just a few steps ahead. And then you turn around and, like you said, you look back through what happened. And you're like, oh, it was the best fucking thing that happened. But at the time, it's like, holy fuck, that, that door's closing. and shutting down over here and it's amazing i mean i was thinking about i can't remember i think i've known you guys it'd be like 12 years maybe something like that just over a decade isn't it yeah it's a long time that's a really long time <laughs> and i was reflecting over some of my finer memories and i think i've eaten ben and jerry's with you too we've gone through bags of lollies doing that. this and i hey at a sideballs We've better say that's right. We trained Neil Young for about twelve hours in your gym. You did, I quit. I was too depressed. <laughs> I remember I remember you and Jeno going, What the fuck is this music? You're like doing muscle ups to Neil Young. You're like, I'm like, I'm going, bro. I'll come back and see you at two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Six months. Oh, like, <laughs> no, like, no trainers here to open up the gym. Is anyone coming in at five o'clock, Jamie? Too much Neil Young. He's gone. He's gone. Oh my god. One of the biggest things. So, just for people that are going, to, this is just the best. It's, it's like talking to long lost family. You haven't seen you in ages. This is just the best. So, giving people a little bit of an overview of Shani and Julius, most people will, will know who you guys are. But I, I'm going to start from the start. Dear friends to me, like just absolutely love you both. I've known you for ages, and it's it's just awesome. The tons of books you guys have written. Tons of books. Best selling books, about 14. Is that right? You got the number on the head. Good work. <laughs> that's exactly. black magic, Julius. I tell you, that's a crap. That's, 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 a, that's right. Magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, eight about, so you run a heap of online programs now. Um, anyone that chucks your name into Google, that it's going to come up with all sorts of stuff. Um, one of one of the finest videos I think I've watched, and I and I actually saved the video, and I've watched it many times. Uh, is Julius in the CrossFit Open <clears throat> doing a nude Fran, if I remember right? So he said the I, video. I, I can't find that video. Send it. Oh to no, me. I'll send it now. I'll send it now. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, mate. I love it. You were so, doing uh, chin ups or something, and you uh, have no and, thr- and thrusters, and thrusters, not the old ones. Little tiny ones. <laughs> yeah, little ones. There was just this beautiful pantomime white set of glutes going up and down. <laughs> <laughs> the big Meg, the big sperm uh, whale was uh, oh, yeah. beautiful though, and 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 so we've, we've got a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> and the um I've lost my train of thought. And nomadic lifestyle, six kids, traveling the world like just incredible. And the my my intention for reaching out to you guys above and beyond actually being able to catch up um was 
like you, you really like from my perspective. I've, I mean, I've got no shadow of doubt that, that that you guys have your challenges and what you do. We we don't see all the hard work, the hours and hours and hours and hours of what you do behind the scenes and how you, you know, juggle the many balls of being parents. Um, and I'd imagine I could be guessing here, but there'd be an element of homeschooling or something like that, running successful online businesses, being in the media, all of these types of things. You you really send a message to me, and I would like to think many others that anything is anything is possible. Like it really is. I know that sounds cliche, and every wanky Facebook fucking poster is saying something about anything is possible, and blah 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 blah. <laughs> We'll but, <laughs> but let's do one now and tell everybody that everything is possible. <laughs> but I mean, if if the big rig, if the if the the big wheels, the albino sperm whale Migaloo can do nude thrusters and pull ups way back when, and then travel the world, or like anything, anything is possible. <laughs> anything. Migaloo. Um, Migaloo. We started touching on it a little bit, like. Would you give us a little, a little elevator speech about you guys and what you do? Just a, just a swift, a swift. I know that might be challenging, but how would you? A synopsis, a summary, a swift overview of you two beautiful humans. Oh, can we tell it as a story? Oh, love it! Please do. So, I think the best place to start before, because we've got quite a few stories. So, the, probably the most. The simple place to start is where we were. You remember our house in Pelican Waters? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. So we used to oh, yeah, yeah. We went there for a and we used period. To, um, we used to kind of live this life of borrowing money and buying an expensive car and showing off our lifestyle to everyone we knew. And we were in this sort of business group where everyone was, uh, remember we used to, and our gym was directed at business people. And we lost all of that because we were chasing something that was that, that doesn't exist and um you know when for us it was always you want more and when you get it you want more and then when you get that you think the happiness is with the next car or the bigger house and you always bring people around to your house and show off what you have so that they can be kind of like jealous because if they're jealous then you feel better about yourself mm-hmm. and as it turns out um all within three weeks we went completely broke we had to move house i had to do it on my own shani was pregnant she she was and your dad was so had died as pregnant. well. Like then, his dad had died. then my dad died, and then Hugo was born, who's our fifth, yeah, fifth kid. Too many kids. <laughs> All within three weeks. And we I don't actually know this. if you know this story, Jamie. Yeah. I mean, we. So, and then what happened was we, we sat there in Pelican Waters. It's basically a retirement village, and behind it's, it has these fences that are made out of color bomb. And I'd take the kids out into the backyard and kick a ball, and it would go. <laughs> on the wall. And all the neighbors, we had neighbors behind us, three generations of women who would sit out smoking and they'd just call our kids cunts and just yell over the fence. And we basically uh, did that for two yeah, years feeling horrible. sorry for ourselves. And one thing was really fascinating for us is while we were there, only two people ever reached out to us. One was mm. Bruce, who you know, Bruce Campbell, mm. and the other one was Uncle Mark, who's here now. And in mm. that time, we noticed that a lot of business people kind of, when you go broke, they they think it's contagious. Um, so it gave us a lot of time to ourselves. And we realized like then that. that we don't actually need people to be happy. Like the, the being impressive to someone doesn't actually make us content. Um, mm. We're kind of telling this sob story to ourselves for over a year and a half. And then one, one day Shani said to me, 
It's literally overnight. She said to me, fuck this. I'm never telling this sob story again. We've got to get out of here. So this mm. sob story of where we are doesn't exist anymore. So we can't go telling ourselves this. And then within a week, we um, managed to get ourselves into it. Like, we were so far behind on rent. Like, we were so bad. That mindset was fucking bad. Mm. And um, we so were like I used three to months. Walk. I remember at the time we released our first cookbook. I remember I used to walk, drive. So she'd drive. This to Kunda Park, you know where Kunda Park From is. From Pelican Waters, yeah. an empty van that also wants to be repossessed. So we'd go, she'd go during the day so that the guy when he came to the house didn't see the van there. <laughs> wow. Kunda Park with our cookbooks, heavily pregnant, this is with Magnus now, like super pregnant and walk around all the industrial selling books to get money to put into the car. So then she'd drive home and by the time she got home, the kids would be, we would have spent the day with the kids and she'd spend the afternoon with the kids and I'd take the money that she had and I'd run from there to the supermarket, which was, I think, 5Ks. And I'd make sure that I got there at 5 to 9 when the lady was putting the stickers on so we'd get bread and honey and butter for, um, on the discount. Mm. And that's what we lived off. At that end, we also had... Um, or hot chooks. They discount hot, hot chooks, chooks for like 5 bucks. You know when and, Woolies is selling out for the day? Yeah. And oats and protein. And I lived off oats and protein. Literally, that's it. Oats with a scoop of protein in it with water. Mm which is such a cheap meal, but it's a, it's a complete meal. And anyway, so that was our life for a year and a half, just that, and just feeling sorry for ourselves. And no one was around. Everyone thought we were contagious. And then mm. Shanti said that, like, we've got we to gotta stop, stop focusing on the sob story and actually go ahead. And so we just things just happened when we changed our minds. Hey? It just happened. Within two weeks, we were going from being completely broke to making about $600 a day. Um, and then it was like $2,000 a day. And then it just, it just exploded because we, we were the first people around that kind of got into Facebook advertising. And yeah. I remember putting my first $5 down on the Facebook ad. It was so much money. It was And terrifying. we were panicking, like, is this going to lose We couldn't even $5. sleep that night. We woke up in the morning. Wow. And it was like, whoa, we got a sale. That's amazing. So putting the $5 in, it was like gambling. And then just <laughs> like that. Wow. But in, the, in that year and a half, I remember the two of us working. Like people think it's easy and it just happens like that. But we worked. Hey, fuck, we worked. Mm. Like I so remember does, getting up at so one o'clock in the morning to do work. So anyway, so then we, then we got, we started making money again. And all these people came back out of the woodwork and wanted to be mm. friends. And uh, I said to Sham, I just don't want to get back into this lifestyle. This is such a weird life. I can feel the traps of it coming in. We're starting to buy nicer clothes and buy... Better staff look at what private school we've got to send the kids to because that's got to be impressive where you send your kids to, right? Mm. And one day we just suggested, like, why don't we just sell everything, the little bit that we have collected, and just fuck off, like disappear into the world. The kids don't need to go to school. We can do schooling. Like, I don't believe that the schooling system right now is what's going to help someone, my kids, in 20 years' time when they're out of school because there's so much mm. is going to happen. Um, and initially I was terrified of, of homeschooling. Shani was all for it because she had a bad school experience. I loved school. Um, but then we went, we tried a school and it was just, it just became too mundane. Um, mm. and one of the teachers picked on one of our kids. Like she started picking on one of the kids. And we're like, fuck it, let's do it ourselves. What's the worst that could happen? Mm. It's not going to affect us anyway. It's going to affect them. <laughs> <laughs> the kids are going to be licking windows, but we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him, fuck him. We'll be right. Yeah. 
<laughs> so then we just, I just booked some flights to, and Bali. to Bali, which was a massive freak out. Like I did it, paid for it. And then we were like, whoa, what? We're actually doing it? And then it just started happening. And before you know it, we were overseas and it's now been six years mm. of traveling. We've met the most amazing people that we would never, ever, ever have met. Mm-hmm. Ever. Like they were all there waiting for you too, which uh, is the weird thing. You know what I mean? Like that was all happening while you're here well, on the Sunshine uh, Coast. And then you, you, if you hadn't fucking gone, like you said, you've uh, never met uh, these people. Yeah. And I guess the reason we're sharing this sob story is so that people know you can be in your darkest place. You really can. Like in that moment when we were going through all of that, I had toddlers. I was breastfeeding. I was pregnant. Like, as a mother, you can really, in that darkest part of your body not being the same, covered in stretch marks, just like no sleep, and your just Mm. head is spinning, postnatal depression. And I was just done. Like, I just, the only way out of this is work and first starting with believing that it's possible. Um, but it's amazing when you have that moment that enough's enough. Yeah. How quickly things can change for you and how quickly opportunities present themselves and you pivot yourself forward um, in a better direction. Yeah. Wow. That's like I knew a little bit about, you know, a little bit of your guys' stories. We've sort of caught up over the years, but not to that degree. Like that, that's absolutely incredible. Like, you were back in New Zealand. We're still talking to you, but you were back in New Zealand when all of that was going on and you had all your stuff going yeah. on in New Zealand at the time. And then I think yeah. as you left, you came back to Australia then. Yeah, I just sort of reconnected with you guys just before um, you went to Bali and you were planning it, you were talking about it. And because uh, I always, I was always so impressed and like still am to this day. Um, just had the vision it was just kind of like the the school's not you know we can teach them when we're you know go and travel the world we don't need things we don't need possessions you were coming from that angle of let's go and have some experiences let's go and and i remember the the whispers at the time and they're not negative whispers there was more people like fuck like bruiser and lots of our our circle just go like fuck are they really gonna do this and and people thinking fucking and myself included like i can't even fucking travel to new zealand without licking a window going by myself let alone dragging a family it's like <laughs> what the fuck are they gonna do and so you sort of stand back and 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 observe and zoom out and watch what happened and and, and like here you guys are doing exactly what you set out to do with that vision way back when way back then with all the challenges, the turbulence, the, you know, the, the life stuff that was going on. And I just think that is fucking incredible. Like, I really do. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thank you. I think a lot of it, though, when you're in that position, so I've now met quite a few people recently because of COVID who are, like, massively stressed because they don't know where their dollars are coming from. Uh, mm. And their safety nets have just disappeared. And it reminds me that I miss that. I don't ever want to go back there, but I do miss the the heightened sense of focus you have when you just don't know what the mm. day is going to bring. When you become comfortable, it's so easy to become lazy. Whereas mm. that day is where most of it happened. Hey, fuck. That, those are the days where everything was just, yeah. every second counted, every decision counted, and we had to make them fast. And 
was and we did, yeah. and we also such a good time to live. Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And we didn't know when we started traveling how it would work. All we knew is if it didn't work, because we gave, like, so the t- kids' toddler beds, all the kids' toys, we gave to women's refuges. And yeah, people. I remember, so I remember. We just gave everything we owned away and we literally left with a pram because we needed a pram with had babies. Two bags. Um, two bags and a car seat, I think, and that was it. And we left and we, um, and I, my mum and dad sold our car after we left because we needed the van to get to the airport. Um <laughs> So mum and dad drove the car home and he sold that for us, like put it online and kind of sold that on Gumtree or whatever over the course of the next few months. But it was so scary because we didn't know, but I guess we knew we could always go home, rebuy possessions yeah. and start again. And we also didn't know how business would go. Like, And we've been able to, over these six years, still evolve, build, uh, create new programs. Um, we've mm. created a clothing brand, um, as you know, and now we've got a supplement brand as well that's got 12 different supplements for families. So, I mean, we've been able to still work and evolve and our business is still growing while we've travelled, homeschooling mm. the kids, which is super important to us, so our kids can read. So I think we're, we're doing okay. Well, they're, fucking, <laughs> we're they're ahead of me, Shani, so they're going all right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know in, in what? 20 years, how we've gone with that. <laughs> Whether we fail it. <laughs> Mikalu will be back in Bali sunning himself <laughs> while the kids are like, fuck it. <laughs> the, 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 gone wrong. <laughs> the, I was walking the other day, right? I was walking past, um, I've thought about this a number of times, but it was one, it, it jumped out at me again. I was walking, jogging past the cemetery. And I often think about the cemetery, right? In a in the way, Julius is like, okay, where's this going? But in a way of like, you think about, I think about some of the little things that I've done over the last few years that have that you know I've had to really push myself off a cliff and put the hand glider together on the way down and just launch into a few things, just kind of go for it. And when I went past the cemetery, I often get reminded. Like there's so many, you know, that's where we're going. Not that particular cemetery, but fucking when we die, we, we're gone. Like that's it. Like all the, the ideas you have, the concepts you have, the unsung songs, the poems, all the stuff you didn't do, the coulda, woulda, shouldas, if I only fucking did. So all of that stuff goes to the cemetery or, you know, crematorium, whatever. Um, and that, that, I don't know how to explain this. That, that is like a squeaky wheel for me. I look at people that I'm surrounded by and people that I I've, I can see their talent. I can fucking smell it. I can I can see their desire and their hunger to do stuff and do things and be things and strive for things. And it's almost like a lot of people just can't get off that cliff. And to circle back to the anything is sort of possible. When I look at you guys and I think, you know, the ideas, the concepts you had, the clarity of vision, and even at the time when it seemed like you got more chance of fucking flying in the air or being able to do what you wanted to do. But here you are on the other side in that process doing it. And, and you know, I'm sure it's not really, I'm sure it's not easy. Um, though you, you went for it. You, you fucking, you, you totally executed what it is you wanted to do. Like beyond, you know, what, I mean, what would, what would your suggestion be for, for people like, because somebody watching this, honestly, is going to be sitting there going, what the fuck? Well, you answer this, I'm, I can hear my kids going, mummy, 
mummy and we don't have a nanny or I just got to make sure they're not killing themselves. Killing yes. Give me two minutes. So yeah, Jed, I wanted them. Let's, let's just talk to you, Jamie. When you were, when you, what was stopping you from doing these things straight away? For me is, uh, or generally speaking, it's just kind of fear. Fear what, and... What of? Um, I think fear of the unknown is probably a big one. You know, you only know what you know and, and not knowing something has perturbs me a bit, freaks me out a little bit sometimes. So what is it? So what is it about that that was scary to you? Like what was it? Like you're not you're making you know they say there's three decisions: either you do it or you don't do it, or you decide to sit on the fence and think about it, and do nothing. Mm. Um, generally speaking, we mm. find that the biggest fear is actually what you're afraid of what people will think of you, or you're afraid mm. of upsetting things around you, like the the normal, the status quo in your life, the comfort level in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the biggest freedoms you can ever give yourself is realizing that I don't think about you. Um, mm. Whatever you do, I, it's no bearing on my life. If you go ahead and do it, go for it. I, I'm too worried about me. And you're too mm-hmm. worried about you to think about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So if you're just afraid of what everyone else is thinking, that's a massive trap. And I guess when we go back to that story, is like the freedom of knowing that people just actually don't really care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You get, you get yeah. the Facebook commenters that, that that's their job is to bag someone else out, but that's because of where they're at in their life. Mm. You'll get it all the time. I'm sure you'll see it on your social media. Someone will just say something that's so mm. hurtful um, and in the past would, would derail you. But when you're, mm. you've got your own stuff, like, what's, like you said, what's the worst that could happen? You're going to die. Everyone's going to forget you anyway. Yeah, if they haven't already. I, I must admit that that thing on the um, I I wouldn't uh, because of your guys you know large online following and presence you probably get a few people firing shots. I have a very um, modest, very small online following, and I get the odd the odd person chiming in. And one of the best things I've learned in my experience is it, it's it's like a boomerang. It has nothing to do with me, and, and like and likewise, it has nothing to do with you guys and everything yeah. to do with them and as soon as i use that metaphoric it's a boomerang they're like throwing that shit at me and it's just swinging up and coming on back and going to catch them yeah. upside the fucking head uh, yeah. because it's all about well, we get a daily it's just we get like trolls whatever you want to call it people just yeah having a bad day they're literally in a really bad place in their life and they're reflecting that at us through whatever, you know, hating on me for whatever's going on, stretch marks or something I've done or something I'm wearing or just anything. And I think like we, because we've been doing this a long time, we just realise it's them. They're obviously in a really dark place in their life, which is sad. And at least if they're flinging something at me and if that makes them feel better and they've left someone else alone for the day, like their husband or their wife or their kids or someone close to them, then we've done something kind. So, because um, often when you, way looking at it. when you fling something at someone, it kind of makes you feel better. You think it does. You're like, oh, but it's just honestly them. And I mean, we deal with it. You would as well. Like people lose weight, they start to feel good and they're confident. And the people closest mm. to them going, you're getting too skinny. Oh my God, what are you eating? Like, and they're starting to, instead of going, wow, or you're getting sick. Instead of going, wow, you're actually beautiful, you're amazing. They're just, it's a reflection of, okay, if this person 
say um, my husband is now lost all this weight, he's looking amazing, is he going to leave me for someone else? Or, you know, like they're worried about them as well, even when you're in a relationship. So if you're losing your weight and your partner is like panicking, they, they, it's not, they're saying to you you're getting too skinny, but meanwhile they're thinking, how is this new them going to affect me? 100% correct, yeah. yeah. And I guess also to answer your question, I remember my dad, his whole life was with his working father that would just work and sacrifice to give to his family. And he always had this dream of owning a Harley Davidson. Now he was this little fat nerdy guy with bald hair and Coke bottle glasses. And he always wanted to look like a tough biker. It was like, <laughs> and um, I remember once he bought a car, this was in New Zealand, he bought a Mazda and he, drew, he went in the draw to win a prize. And one of the prizes was a Harley Davidson and the other pri- and you could choose a Harley Davidson or a boat or like white goods or something Wow! to one of those places. And he actually won. He won this competition. So he, he had his chance to finally buy himself a Harley Davidson. Or not buy it. Like oh. he was going to get given a fat boy. Oh. Like, oh. like, yeah, it's in. And his little eyes lit up. He was super pumped. And he, was, he thought about it. And then the next morning he decided he was going to give his four kids the vouchers for white goods instead. And so he never oh. got his Harley Davidson. And then he oh. just working and working he's like oh once i pay off the house then i'll get one and then he paid off the house and then he's like once i retire i'll get one and then the day of his retirement so he's supposed to retire the very next day he's was sabbat so he's going to go on sabbatical for a year and basically enjoy himself and have a good life he went out into the garden to go and shoot a rabbit that was eating his flowers slipped fell and shot himself in the back and, and died mm-hmm. and that always sits in my mind it's like he could have just why fucking wait? If you want the Harley, get the fucking Harley. Because you, mm. don't, you don't know when you're going to die. You don't know when. Because you know how you say you look at the you look at graveyards. For some sicko fucking reason, I always think in my head, this could be the last good day. And I, that doesn't mean I'm going to die. It could be someone gets sick or COVID happens or something. This could be the last good day of your life. And then mm. from now on, you'll have some kind of stress that lasts forever. You could get catch cancer. Your kids could get cancer. Or someone get hit by a car or financial ruin you just don't know mm. and that that every literally just i could be having a good day doing nothing and this little voice goes this could be the last good day it just fucking sits yeah. <laughs> just if i could let you know make a little yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. rust this with no pants on cunt <laughs> <laughs> could be your last chance <laughs> that's it that's honestly uh... that, that evades my mind daily yeah. And for me, because I battle with the fear of failure and the fear of, you know, what if this doesn't work? And a long time ago, I just, and I still battle with this daily. I think we all do, but just thinking, you know what, it's not failure. It's a lesson. Everything that you do, whether you start that new business or quit that job that's stressing you out and you go and do a career change or something you've actually always wanted to do, but there's something that there's this fear that's holding you back in what if it doesn't work? Well, what if it does and also, if it doesn't, well, it, I bet you'll learn a lot along the way and mm. it'll get you onto something that you're supposed to be doing anyway. So, and life is so short. Like when you, it's crazy. I was watching that, those science things where the size of the universe and the Milky Way and all of that and how minute we are. Oh, I know. It doesn't even matter. Just do it. I know. I know. It's like you, you realise you're nothing. And yes. then all of a sudden, nothing, you, you, you then realise that, oh, hold on, no, I am something. And then when you think that you're something, it's like, oh, fuck, hold on a second, I'm fucking nothing again. It's like this fucking, <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. 
I found that we've never, ever regretted taking that chance and jumping. But I feel like we take so much time in that panic zone where should we, shouldn't we, that if we just take that chance, it really does push you in a direction that you're supposed to be going anyway. Yeah, such a such a great statement though. Like, I just think like I'm sitting here getting fucking fired up. If uh, if other people are watching this, it's just like it's such a great statement. You just you really do just have to go for it, don't you? Like, I mean, Julius, your frame of reference is like that's the pointy end of the spear, in my opinion. Like that's you know that experience with your dad and 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 stuff like that's massive yeah fucking just buy just buy the fucking harley you know like yeah. that message to people just go on that holiday just take your kids somewhere just go and fucking skydive just or go start and that business as well like you start like, that business if you're passionate about something it could be lettuces then start growing lettuces and become the lettuce guru whatever it is we like sit in it we know we're passionate about that one thing but then we're working in a job we hate <laughs> yeah and there is, you just yeah. don't know when your last day is. So just do what makes you happy. I'm not, we're not telling people to go into debt for a Harley Davidson. Yeah. <laughs> go and start that lettuce business you fuckers <laughs> always wanted. You wouldn't blame Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, right, let's also, I guess, um, when you die, let's say you, you're 60 or 70 now and you're laying on your deathbed in the hospital and everyone's kind of said their goodbyes to you. Do you think you're ever going to ask yourself and say to yourself, man, I wish I'd worked an extra day? <laughs> yeah. Fuck, I wish I did that late off, that late night. Yeah. I should have done yeah. that. I should have fucking done that. Man, I'm so disappointed. Um, can I say you're something? You're a fucking I... useless cunt. You should have done it. <laughs> uh, I want to add something as well because I feel like people will say, but how? Like, how do I even do it? Like, what, I don't yeah. know. Where do I start? And I'll share a quick, very quick story with us. And that is before we even left Australia, I had this feeling inside that I one day wanted to start a supplement brand. We're already in fitness. I was passionate about natural ingredients, uh, protein powder that children can have as well as mums and dads and grandparents because, you know, those protein powders, you're drinking it and your kids are saying, mommy, can I have a sip? And you're like, no, 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 you can't have this one. It's because it's got chemicals in it. They can't have all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I had this in my head. I mean, it was a dream that a man would love to start our own supplement brand. I had no idea how. Like, how do we even begin to find bottles, labels, ingredients, factories made? Like, you just don't even understand. But I put that thought out there that that's what I wanted to do. So years later, an opportunity presented itself because I didn't want to become an ambassador for someone else's. We really wanted our own that was ours, that we chose the ingredients that was 100% our brand. We didn't know how. So we just let... I put that idea out there knowing I'm definitely going to do it. I just know that whatever is needed to be done will come at the time rather than mm. panicking and think, Oh, I don't know how forget the idea. And it did sure enough. I didn't even know if it all these years later, we've created our own brand. And I feel like sometimes we think we don't know how, so we disregard mm. it instead of going, oh, yeah. I want to, and I know that how the how will come. The yeah. And, and I think, know, like- and I, yes, and I think sometimes too, and, and I, I mean, I think that's a great example. I think sometimes other people's influences and suggestions can get in the way. You know, if you bring up the concept or the idea, oh, and of course, yes. uh, other, other people's fears, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, do they? Like, what? 
don't have you thought about this? It's like, you know, yeah. and try to give you the shaky wheels. Now you think, yeah. fuck them, just... Never, never tell anyone your idea. They can find out later. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're a big not telling you yeah. what you're going to do. Don't tell people what you're going to do. Also, what that does, what I found is if I tell someone what I'm going to do and then either they're negative and that crushes you or they're like, fuck, yeah, that's awesome. Then you kind of feel like you've already achieved it and you don't have to do the work anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've already given you the Don't do it part. anyway. So you're better off just keeping it to yourself and having it as a surprise. Yeah, but there's also a, what is it called, like a knife's edge to what it, when it's like a... a Double-edged sword. Double-edged sword to that. And that is yeah. when you, say, want a fitness goal, sometimes if you tell someone you're about to do a marathon, it holds yeah. you accountable. So I guess yeah. for yourself, you've got to make that decision. Yeah. yeah, you've got to make that decision. By telling people, is it going to be a bad thing and they're going to talk me out of it or is it going to motivate me because people know... To force yeah. me to do it. So I guess you've got to make that decision for yourself. On what, I know for Julius, he prefers to not tell anybody and just... Um, but if you've got people around you that are going to shut you down, and unfortunately, sometimes we do have those people in our lives that are mm. the panic, that are going to... You tell them an idea and they're going to tell you all the reasons it won't work. We kind of yes. don't, you don't tell that person your idea. Yeah, stay away from those fucking people. Yeah. Yeah, need people to be telling you those, those fuckers are out at Pelican Waters. Don't talk to those fuckers. <laughs> yeah. No fucking good. Hey, who, who, like, so in your travels, I know you guys alluded to the fact that you, you've met some amazing people. You've no doubt got incredible experiences, majestic memories, and all of that stuff. Is there, is there a, a, you know, as a collective or individually, is there anybody that jumps out at you as very memorable a person that made an impact on you during your travels and where they're from or a family or a what you learned so yeah, yeah, i'm sure you have you go. so for us we went to we were in thailand with the kids we were about to go to the philippines but so we do very organic travel so we, until covid hit obviously that changed things and we've been in dubai waiting for covid to blow over um and we've done a little bit of travel but not as much so when we were in Thailand, we were going to the Philippines, but we only book our flights like three days out and we just choose spare of the moment where we feel like we need to go. So I got an email, a message from somebody that said, um, there's an orphanage that needs help in Cambodia. Would you guys like to go and film and help? And we're like, this would be so good for the kids. So after we looked at the flight to Cambodia. It's not far. We're like, boom, we didn't like to travel more than three hours on a plane with kids because the entire plane hated us <laughs> by the end of it. So we'd make sure it was just three hours. Julius is up the back. <laughs> yeah. Like screaming. Uh, One said, Mommy, I've shit my pants. And then it's just like. <laughs> Did you say Julius was screaming, I just shit my pants? <laughs> there was one flight. I'm going to interject. There was one flight yeah. where. I don't know what we'd eaten, but two of the kids had shat their nappies like out. I was in the toilet cleaning it. And you know, a toilet in a in a airplane is a little little tiny table. Mm. Right. So I take the nappy off, but he hadn't finished and it's going at me. And I'm catching it and putting it back onto the like sliding it on. <laughs> I lean back too far, the door opens, and I can see Shani's way at the opposite end of the plane with the other kid that shit himself over there meanwhile there's guys around her saying oh who farted but it's actually one of our kids each other. and then i hear two of my other kids 
stand up and start punching each other and swearing at each other. Full vote. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that, was on, that was on a two-hour flight. So <laughs> it was a lot longer. Is it, now they're older, it's better. Oh, man. They used to get anxiety for traveling. Oh. Those days were terrifying. Like, who's yeah. going to cause trouble? But anyway, you can go on with that. But it was all because we were worried about what other people think on the plane. Now we're like, let's just, who cares? People get it. Like, if I hear a kid screaming on the airplane, I'm like, you got this. <laughs> go, little buddy. You got this, little buddy. <laughs> so, anyway, we were flying. So, we flew to Cambodia. We got there. Um, and everything, you, when you're in Cambodia, you get around on a tuk tuk, which is like this little cart with a scooter on the front, which is the coolest. Like, I loved getting around like that. Um, we got there, uh, Magnus got conjunctivitis from all the dust and everything like that. We're like, oh, my gosh. So Julius decides to let's find out, let's Google where the closest ocean is. So we find out, we're looking on maps, and we work out if we drive six hours, we get to the bottom of Cambodia, and we can get a boat across to these cute little Cambodian islands. So we're like, sure, let's do that. So we get everything, we get down there. We booked this tiny little... It was a terrifying drive. It was like, oh, my gosh. The seatbelts don't work in the cars. Like, it's just... Oh, fucking hell. Anyway, we got the kids kind of trying to keep them still in the car for six hours in a bus. Anyway, we get there. We get in the ocean water. It's great. We're there for a week. And um, we're at this tiny little villa on this island. We bump into this American guy in the restaurant we're eating at on this... It's part of the villa, like a little restaurant. And he's like, oh, my God, is that all your kids? Oh, my God. Sorry, my American accent is really shit. Um, and he's he obviously is he's shocked. He's a Texan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so shocked at the amount of kids we've got. So we got talking to him. His name's Steve. He owns the resort that was on this island. He's there for two days, two days checking on it. Then he flies back to Hong Kong where he lives, where he's got his family. So he's literally two there. Two days every year. Two yeah. days every year. Wow. Um, and when Kat knew him, having dinner with him, he's like one of our best friends now. We ended up buying him the, his resort. So we became partners in this resort, um, which has been really bad through COVID, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so he's like one of our closest friends. And I feel like that is by chance. Literally, we were ne- We didn't even know these islands existed at the bottom of Cambodia. They're wow. paradise. We're there. We bump into him only because he's just like gobsmacked. In China, they have one child. In Hong Kong, they have one child. So he's looking at us going, oh, my God, this is like a Fucking overachiever. My restaurant. (laughs) And he is like one of our closest friends. The people that he's introduced us to um, that are now close friends, like, is insane. That one moment in time, Mm -hmm. if we had said no to Cambodia, if we, you know, we were going to the Philippines, and by a chance, we ended up going to help this orphanage. Um, how, like, that's a crazy story for us. We've got so many of those stories. That's one for uh, me. I was going to say you'd have lots of those. That's pretty incredible, though, like all of those stars to align and, and for that yeah. to happen. <sighs> for me, the, there's more. It's the experiences. Some things that I've seen while we've been traveling that just, like, melt your heart and set your soul mm. on fire. One of them was, and this is easy for anyone to do, is in Bali, if you go to North Bali on New Year's and you just sit on the mountaintop there, everyone in Bali gets fireworks and everyone. 
So they all buy fireworks. And for the, the week leading to New Year's, there's fireworks going off all everywhere. And we were staying on this little villa that overlooked this bay. I can't remember the name of the bay. But on New Year's, the entire bay for 10 minutes let off their fireworks. And the whole bay lit up with fire. It was the biggest, like we've seen oh the Burj Khalifa. Next to the Burj Khalifa here where they do that, which is supposedly the best in the world. Nothing yeah. compares to that Bali one. It was like the power of people all in the, in, oh. It Those was home fireworks just going oh. on. Not yeah. very we safe, had, I'm sure. We had some of those in Rotorua too, back home in New Zealand. <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. And now the other experience that just, man, it made me just tear up with joy was um, we were in, in, this, in Cambodia again. Most of our best experiences were in Cambodia. And um, we used to pay this. I, I got into spearfishing because I'd never done it before till we started traveling. Ah, and I used to pay that. this guy in his long tail boat. He'd come and he'd park out the front of the resort for a month was I think 500 US dollars or something like that. He'd sit out the front there and we'd go out anytime we wanted. He'd just wait in the boat. We had all our spear guns on there and stuff. And I used to take the kids out with us. And um, one, one evening we went, usually it was two o'clock in the afternoon. I'd whistle, he'd wake up and we'd all get onto the boat and we'd go around the island. He was, his dad was the police chief or something. So he paid him off. So we were allowed to fish. Um, and anyway, the kids would come and Cambodians are like, are like children. They're the most special mm-hmm. type of people. Um, and they would all come as well. They'd love it because they could get to go out fishing. And they fish, like, honestly, they fish with plastic bags filled with sand. That's their sinker. And their hook is like a, a, their hook is a pin or a, or a safety pin folded in half like that. And that's how they'd fish. And then they'd cook it on the, on the boat. Like, it's a wooden boat. And they'd make a little fire. And, the, fish, and the fish they catch And they catch little baby fish and they put it on. And they eat so, them. <laughs> so for me to go spearfishing, like, they didn't even know there were big fish there. And um, so anyway, I remember this one night, it was just on sunset. I could barely see anything left. And I got really addicted to spearfishing. I'd go down and, I, and I'd try and see this one more fish. I've got to get one more fish. And I shot this fish. I came up and I really wanted to like slam it on the deck like a big hero. It was huge. It was this big fish. And I came up and I just put my hands onto the boat like this. And I was ready to throw it in. And I just heard the giggling and all of these, the kids and all of the, of the Cambodians were all on the boat laughing and giggling and eating these little tiny fish. And behind them, the sun was just, just dropping over the, the horizon and my kids were just covered in fish and stinking and they were just wearing underpants and it was the most raw, oh, it was, there, was really no, there was not money. It was just such a pure experience of life. And, and I just sat there just staring with this cheesy grin on my face. And then you oh. were oh. like, ah, the fish it is oh. fucking 30 kilos of groper or something. <laughs> 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 oh my about God. Cambodian people, which made us really understand possessions mean nothing. You can keep yeah. chasing that bigger dream home or, you know, that mm. new pair of shoes or that brand new outfit that's come out or what your neighbor's got, you want that new blender or whatever it is that you're chasing for happiness. Cambodians generally, like they have nothing. They literally are the happiest oh, people so and they are just ha- smile and laugh over the simplest things. So for us, we spent a lot of time in Cambodia. We're like, they're just the kindest, happiest people that have nothing and they're happy. Their well, lives so are here, so there's another, yeah. Have we got time to tell you about another person? That's yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So we met this guy, his name's Tohia. He's 25 or 26. 
He might be a bit older um, now, but when we met him, he was about that, wasn't he? He was about that age. And we met this guy. And his story goes that when they had the Khmer or the, you know, like the Vietnam War, the Vietnamese yeah. um, soldier came through his village and his parents were quite wealthy at the time. They had like a, a lumber mill or something. Came through and his mother said, we've got to look after this man. So his father took him in and they started looking after this guy. Two days later, the father's in the bushes in the lumber mill with, with the guy. And um, Tohir's there is about two or three, I think, at the time, mm. maybe four. Mm -hmm. He's really young. And the guy shoots his father in the head for a pig. Kills oh, him. Wow. And his mother says to him, we have no man left in the house. You have to go find a town to make money to support us. This is at four years old. So he walks up the riverbank on his own at four years old for, I think it was like 70 kilometers to find a town and started working in the streets there. Um, and he ended up like, he was just working as like a peddler, like helping people on the street and um, with their little carts, right? And then some tourists, like he was a really friendly person. He was really good at it. He didn't get into the bad side of things. And then um, the local, local hotel right next door to where he used to pedal eventually when he was old enough said, well, you come work for us for a little bit. So he went and he worked there and he put his, like, he works. Fuck, this kid can work. Hey, like he's, he's like, he doesn't know anything else but work. Like he just works and with a big smile on his face. So he worked there and then this family came and visited once and they liked him. So they, they paid for him to go to university to study um, hospitality. And so, so he went and he studied hospitality and then he was able to bring his sister into work. So he found his, went and found his mother where she used to live, found him, his sister and his mother and brought them to where he lives in Siem Reap. Then his brother had a car accident and, and became, I don't know, had some kind of disability. So he bought his, he nearly had enough money to get what he wanted. So then he bought his brother a car so he could drive and go and pick people up from the airport and he would have a job. So he, he, borrowed the money, like loaned the money and was paying off the loan. Then he, then he borrowed money to buy a house so that his family could be together. Like he literally put his family oh together. Oh my God. And this we met amazing. him and he's, he's like, to meet him, he's just like a lovely person who's just got such a happy, joyful thing. But when you hear his story, it's like, what? My and God. That's how we met him was another insane story. We decided Julius had this crazy idea when we were in CM Reap, let's take the kids camping. So we hired this company, the guy that has this company, to take us up to stay in these tents. And I was like, the kids are little. I'm like, this sounds really stressful. Carting, we had to carry all the kids, hiking all the way to these tents, these glamping tents that weren't glamping, by the way. Anyway, stay in these tents for the night. And then we had to hike back. He was working for this tourism company. So the owner went with us or the guy that kind of ran it went with us and Tohia was working with them at the time and we met him. So we spent 24 hours and it's just kind of helped carrying the kids and we were chatting to him. And then we just got along with him so well, we stayed in touch with him. Every time we're back in Cambodia, we're, Tohia, we're here and he's come to visit us and things like that. So that's how we met him by accident. Um, so just when you feel like you want to do something in life, you just don't know who you're going to meet. That's what it, yeah. That that's going to literally pivot you or there's something every I believe everything is going in a direction that you need to go on I might that that might sound all weird and spiritual if you're not into that kind of thing but if you just really well positive mindset is important and just yeah. believe that you're on the right path is a lot less stressful than feeling like life is shit 
Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I'm on the right track. I'm where I need to be. I'm right where I need to be right now. And I'm happy and I'm going in the right direction. I think yeah. that helps. I think that's. Yeah, that's a key thing, though. Just even if you don't have much, and this is a mistake I made when I didn't have much, I was looking for all these external things that I thought were going to bring me happiness and bring some sunlight into my fucking day. When you realize, when you eventually become aware of the fact that it's less about all of these external things and it's more about perhaps looking at what makes you truly happy and putting a bit of that in your day, whatever that looks like. Um, within reason, obviously, but I think that's a real important, important part. If you, that's a good yeah. point, actually, because I mean, we're talking about money and traveling and all that sort of shit, and the the thing that truly makes us the most happy, and also the thing that's brought us the most out of our life, is actually helping people. When we were, when we knew you, we were always looking for the next trick to make more money, mm. um, but then we lost, <laughs> we lost it all doing that. <laughs> But yeah. ever since we decided to, you know, like enough's enough, sob story. Let's stop worrying about us. Let's just help people. And then, like, if you if you don't ever make any money, at least you feel good emotionally. Like, yeah. there's this emotional currency and this financial currency, and the emotional currency yeah. means so much more. And helping yeah. people is is such a beautiful thing to do, and, yeah, it's, it, and it comes back to you way more. Like, that's a boomerang. And I, and I think, and I think that's where where we all aligned really well as friends over the years because we, you know, share that same vision. And as you said right at the start of this conversation, like I, I firmly believe you guys to be authorities in the industry, and you were paving a way before many people were were doing it within this industry, and it was driven. And probably why you were so successful and are so successful in, in your new lines of business is because you are, you're helping people, you're in it for the right reasons. And both yeah. myself and you guys, we've, we've known many people that are not in the industry for the right reasons and they don't last. They get found out eventually that they're, yeah, there's exactly. not that, 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 in, that integrity and, and, um, yeah, being driven to to make a difference. If that's absent, they're fucked. They won't yeah, we last. Get, we get people often that are just having that bad day and want to comment and say, oh, it must be good to be rich and holidaying all the time. And it's like, mm. hang on a minute. First, like, we don't have to reply. Listen here, you little cunt. I think to myself, we've been through fucking hell and back. Yeah. And we have nearly been on the street that broke. And we've turned that around and because I'm successful, we're successful now and we've made some money, I'm not going to apologise for that. When we first started travelling, we weren't paying electricity and rent and phone bills and all that stuff that you live in day to day. So, yeah, we had that spare money to pay for cheap accommodation and be able to travel cheaply as a big family, as nomads. We weren't travelling rich. We didn't leave travelling rich. We've just continued to stay authentic and have integrity and go every day, how can I make a difference? And Julie's like, how can I help someone else today to live a better life? And mm. I feel like when you live authentically, I'm not going to apologise because we are successful now when we've literally, we worked to get here, and our asses off. Hey. You know, the other thing also, we, just down the road, there's a place called the Burj Al Arab, which is the most expensive hotel on earth. Yeah. We, yeah. We've stayed there. 
And one night, by the way, some people stay a month. Some people So that place is huge, and you can only. It, but the thing that strikes me is it's just another box to put your head yeah, down. Right. And sleep in. It is. Life yeah. happens outside or with the people that are around you, not where you live and how fancy it has to be. So you can have the most fantastic, amazing experience by living in a backpackers if you want to. That's cheap. Yeah. yeah but you still exactly. get to see the things. I mean, backpackers are usually the closest thing to the most beautiful parts. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So like for us, this whole seven-star hotel, we go and have a night away and Josh, our elder son, looked after the little kids while we had one night vacation. Mm-hmm. And we got a menu with, you know, what pillow you want to sleep with. Do you want it hard and big, small and soft? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> similar. <laughs> yeah. and, and sorry, what was the pillow? What, like you'll just have just as much of a nice experience in a tent or a camper van or a backpackers yeah. than staying in a resort choosing which pillow you want to sleep with. Oh, yeah, honestly, the luxury is like it's this feeling that I, I reckon they sell you luxury based off this. You don't know how good it is, but I'm telling you, we've seen luxury, we've experienced luxury, especially we've, being in Dubai. We've like Dubai yeah, is the most luxurious yeah. city on earth, yeah, and it's no different, yeah. It is absolutely totally agree. I think too, it it sends a weird message. I often think about it like in the in the fitness industry. I think I don't know. No, I think you guys had left, but a big there was a couple of really big facilities that went up on the coast, and they they had all the fucking flashing lights. They had all the best gear. They had you know they they rallied all the good trainers, and of course you know we had our little shed and fucking Warana and, and, and many other facilities like ours. But I always thought in the back of my mind, the issue with that, with all the flashing lights and the luxury, is I think it sends a weird message to you. It's kind of like, especially with exercise and fitness, it's like it's almost like the business class of exercise. You kind of get there and you think, I fucking made it. You know, I've, I've made it. I'm training here. I've got the best trainer. I've got the fancy fucking this and the $2,000 barbell and all the rest. But if you look at a lot of the, the amazing athletes of our time, they all trained in fucking shit. Like yeah. Michael Phelps, the swimmer, he trained at the YMCA. Like um, like the boxers, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, they all trained in shitty little, the, the All Blacks culture, you know, there's another one. It's a very New Zealand thing, that, hey? Yeah, it's like a Spartan type. Let's train and you feel like an underdog. You feel like you're training in the, the shadows. You're training in, you know, rough. I don't know. I, I think about that stuff every now and then. I think I don't know if I personally would last in a facility like that. See, can I counter that? Having known, yeah. lived in New Zealand and Australia, knowing the New Zealand lifestyle of the tall poppy thing, I guess, is if you haven't suffered, then you haven't deserved but it is okay to go into one of those gyms and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Do you get the pillow, though, is what when you finish you know, you your back like... You don't always have to wear the rugby shorts to the gym. You can actually wear nice stuff. <laughs> mate, I wear boarding yeah, now, mate. Thank you very much. Fuck it all. It's crazy because we, Australia and New Zealand are so similar and you just don't talk yourself up and be all like, just calm down with the whole arrogance thing. Just be humble. Um, yeah, yeah. Whereas... And when you travel around the world, 
it's different in other parts of the world. It really, really is where people love that. Talk yourself up. We want to know how good you are. And yeah, for me, yeah. I, mean, I feel uncomfortable. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, this is really awkward. <laughs> but for some people, that's who they are, and that's okay. Like, yeah. They're just not us. So you just learn that. But what uh, we, the one thing I've noticed with travelling for a long time now is we have all this crazy, as you know, the media love a good negative story and they love controversy and what the controversial stories of what's going wrong in the world. But 99% of the world, every country you go to, 99% of people are kind with a good heart and loving. You have like a teeny freckle yeah. or grain of sand of people that are bad or evil. So there's good people everywhere. It doesn't matter what colour your skin, your race, how much money you earn, what job you have. It's irrelevant. You really just meet good people in every little nook and cranny of the world. And for us and our kids and homeschooling, that was priority for us, for our kids to accept people for their heart and who they are, not what they can get from someone, not because of the colour of their skin and what job they have or what money's in their bank account. So I feel like we've nailed that to this point that our kids generally just love everybody. Like they really, so having things, mm. you can't, like you said, you run past the cemetery. <laughs> yeah. like, you can't take things with you. Yeah, it's not going with you. Yeah. You can have those memories and your memories and experiences don't have to cost money. You can go to the playground. You can yeah. go to the beach. I mean, Australia's filled with the most amazing free experiences that cost nothing. That is what is important and that's where you'll get your happiness, mm -hmm. not from how much money is in your bank account. So I think if you remember that every day and go to bed or finish your day going, you know what, I did this with my family today, I had this experience that cost me nothing and that's what I'm going to hold in my heart today, that's where you're going to be happy and then everything else will come along with that. That is the best. Ladies and gentlemen, Shani and Julius, two magnificently beautiful human beings. That is absolutely incredible. Huh? Before we go, can you please yeah. give us one piece of knowledge that you want to give us? One piece of knowledge? Jesus fucking Christ. We A small piece? As <laughs> big or small like a pillow. Yeah, it depends, depends on what pillow you want. Um, look, I, I think we, we've touched on it a little bit. There's something I've learned to believe and sh actually strongly align with is that we, we would know, or you guys would know, and I certainly knew it. You know how they used to say, you are what you eat? Remember that saying? I firmly believe now you are what you think. And if I was to give a little bit of knowledge, it's a bit of a hybrid. It's a mixture of something I've learned and something I also think myself. So think understanding that everything starts with thinking. We can decide anything. The worst thing could happen to us in our lives and we get to decide what that means, um, which is a superpower. And a guy that I've recently learned a fair bit of stuff off, he, ha he, he says it like this, like if that is a problem, whatever the problem could be. And you could put anything in there. It could be poverty, could be sickness. It could be fucking shit job, really unhappy. It could be depression, could be anything. So if that's a problem, then it's, it's, the, it's the problem. This isn't the issue at all. It doesn't matter what it is. That's not the issue. It's what we think about the problem 
is is basically the issue. So what we yeah, the the fuck, I think I've confused myself. What we think about the thing, sorry, yeah, what the thing isn't the issue. Sorry, there we go. Oh, I, I, get it. I get it. I, I was, I was I thinking about it. the thing isn't the issue. It's what you think about the thing is the problem. There we go. Yeah. No. So that's that's my bit of advice. If we get a bit caught up on things, and actually what you said before, Shani, about going to bed with a full heart and thinking about things, like even if you're living in squalor, even if you're, you've got fucking nothing, if you go to bed and you decide that what you've got, if you've got your kids with you, if you've got a loving partner, if you've got, fuck, if you're living somewhere nice, you know, you could be sleeping under a bridge. You've got a house. Yeah, or you could be homeless living down at Happy Valley in the Sunshine Coast, but you're on the Sunshine Coast and you're underneath yeah. the fucking boardwalk living there. It's, it's all about what we think. If we think we're fucking homeless and it's shit, then it's shit. If we think... We're living in the most beautiful place in the world and I'm right next to the ocean here under the boardwalk living my best fucking life, then you're living your best life. So what we, mm-hmm. yeah, what the, the, the thing isn't the issue, it's what we think about the thing is the problem. Our perception of it, it's our perception and we can change our perception at any moment. 100%, 100%. I agree. And that makes We're, life so much easier to live it that way. Oh, like, you know, just for perception, it's just better. Yeah. Guys, where can people find you? Where can where can they follow you? So where Johnny where, where... Julius two four zero seven road. Our websites, our social media handles, TikToks, all that stuff is just Shani and Julius. Um, oh, our websites, top of the Bur- the Burj Khalifa, top of the Burj Khalifa <laughs> up there. Pale yeah. building, <laughs> choosing my pillow. <laughs> Looking for hard, and the pillow. I'm going to get a photo of you two and me. So give us a little wave if it doesn't go on social media. Fucking never happen. All righty. I absolutely love you too, and thank you so much for taking time to chat with me. That was fucking incredible. Thank you for taking me on and a journey. We'll, um, hey? hope, we'll hopefully get to see you and have some Ben and Jerry's really soon. And I mean, some red, red, red frogs, some lollies, and some yeah, Neil actually, Young. One, <laughs> oh, thing, one thing we can't get, and you can only get in Australia, is Alan's lollies. Oh, fuck. You okay. want me to send you some? Will they make it? Will they, they won't. I've, I've, asked Uncle, I've asked Uncle Mark to bring some in the suitcase, so hopefully he hasn't forgotten. <laughs> oh, Jenno. Give Jenno a cuddle from me, and, oh. I'll, and I'll hopefully see you guys really soon. Go well. Thank you so much. Bye, Jamie. See you guys. See you, Mick. (laughs) The Pure Jamie Milne Podcast. Podcast.